0: He's risen. Ah, I heard some old school folks in there. He has risen indeed. I I have to to break from things for just a moment here um, and just tell you one real quick personal story. I don't know uh, where you've come from. I don't know what church you've attended or never attended. I don't know if you've been part of an Easter service or, or something like this before, but all I can do is speak from my perspective and it's simply this. I cannot tell you how humbled I am to see a room full of people, completely full of people, here to celebrate my Jesus with me. <laughs> um, it, is, it is genuinely, I don't, I don't know what you think I do or who you think I am, but I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm just a sinner like every one of us in this room. And to see you gathered here with me, a person that doesn't deserve to be here, doesn't belong here, shouldn't be in this position, worshiping its just overwhelming. And so if I have difficulty making it through the day, my apologies, but it's sincere. Father God, as we open your word today and study, as we open your word today and receive this incredible hope that you are offering us. May we truly embrace it. Father, may you take us today away from this room and back to that moment when all of this occurred. Father, you've given us these vivid imaginations that sometimes as adults we we refuse to use. We, We say that's child's play, but Father, you tell us to come to you as a child, and I think this is one of those ways. You've given us this ability to imagine and dream of things that that aren't currently happening. And this is one of those moments where we can take our emotions, which make us of you, Father. You share these same emotions with us. Father, you've given us these emotions, these thoughts, these opportunities to do this. And so here we go into your word this morning. Will you take us back with you to that morning when this all occurred? Father, we love you and we can't believe what you did for us but we are so thankful that you did and it's in your name we pray amen every week every single week we get to gather and celebrate this reality that our jesus is alive that he willingly offered his perfect sinless life in exchange for my sin-filled broken life He allowed himself to be arrested, illegally tried, beaten, mocked, spit upon, and ultimately killed using one of the cruelest forms of torture man has ever invented as he was crucified by those Roman guards. On Friday night, many of you gathered with us, along with Christians all over the world, to gather and remember that sacrifice. And today is the day that we get to gather and celebrate the victory. So, welcome to Resurrection Sunday at Berea Christian Church. Whether you're joining us in person or online, I hope you get the feel for the room, and I hope that you understand how excited I am to genuinely share the good news of Jesus Christ with you today. In fact, it is more than good news. It is amazing, incredible, outstanding, unbelievable news. It is life-changing and eternity-altering news that we get to share with you this morning, and we are so thankful you've chosen to join us because we know there's a lot of options out there, and in this world we live in, the greatest option that people seem to be choosing is no to God. (laughs) So I have a question for you to begin today. I'm going to ask two questions throughout the the service. Number one is this, what do you think brought you here today? Some of you are very literal, I know that. So you're thinking, well, my truck, my car, my van. (laughs) All right, I just spoke to all of you. Now forget that moment, okay? Why? Why do you think you're here today? Maybe church has long been a part of your life, and I spoke with several of you on the way in, and you said this, I wouldn't miss this Sunday. Well, that's my experience as well, but I know that's not everyone's experience. For me personally, truth be told, I don't like to miss any Sunday. I've always been that way. I've not always been a pastor. God called me to this later on in life. There's something special about being with the people of God, gathering to worship and to grow in community, to build this community, to serve and love others together. Maybe for some of you, this Sunday, Easter Sunday, is is a tradition. You always try to make Easter a priority. But why? But why? Maybe it's been a long time, or maybe today is even the first time that you've joined a a body of Christ, a family like this, to celebrate Easter. So what do you think it is that brought you here? I want to share the answer with you. I do know the answer absolutely to this Question. Uh, God did. God brought you here this morning. You you might have thought, no, 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 it was just an invite from a person. You're right. But God prompted that person to invite you. You might have thought, no, 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 I just saw one of your worship pastors really super creative ads on Facebook. God used that to open your eyes to the opportunity that you didn't know existed at this little church at the corner of two little county roads. God did not use guilt. He did not use shame to bring you here today, but God used the power of his love and his forgiveness to bring you to this place. And that is what drew you in this morning. You see, today is not just another day. Today is the only day that you and I have. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, you see. So God has given us this moment, this moment to worship. He's given us this moment to ask for and to receive his forgiveness. He's given us this moment to respond to what he has done for you, the truth that we'll be declaring today. He's given you an opportunity to then declare your love for him and offer your very life to him because he offered his life up For you. And that's why I'm here today, and that's why you're here today. If this is the first time you have ever heard that truth, then God brought you here today so that you may know. It's the title of this series. If this is your 95th Easter on this earth, congratulations, that's incredible, that is awesome, and God has brought you here to celebrate the freedom that you have because of this moment in history, so rejoice. Now, what we're going to do today is is not what a lot of churches do, and I understand that we're going to really, really, really focus on just the text Because Luke, the author, does an incredible job of letting us know what happened on that resurrection morning and beyond. Yes, the other gospels fill in some other gaps, and we'll reference a couple things, but we'll stick primarily to Luke. We've got to set the stage here, right? Three days ago, just three short days ago, imagine where you were on Friday morning. Were you at work? What were you doing? Three short days ago, a small group of people lost hope. And if any of you have ever been in life where you've come across a situation where you've lost hope, you know what I'm talking about. Now, this group of people had lost everything because they left everything behind to follow this person that they thought was a new kind of teacher. This teacher had shown them a a brand new way to live, a new way to treat others, and by others, we mean everyone A new way to see and experience the God that they had been following since their birth. Through the miracles that Jesus performed, they saw things that were more than impossible. Through the teachings that Jesus shared, their minds were opened to seeing who God truly was. So much of the mystery that surrounded God had now been completely brought to life in the form of the person of Jesus. And at this moment, on early Sunday morning as that sun rose, all of that 100% had come to an end. They questioned everything that Jesus had ever told them. They questioned and doubted every miracle he'd ever done. They doubted who this man even was. How could this possibly happen? What's next? There is not an anticipation of his return. Not at all. What they were anticipating for them is that they, in fact, would be Next, they would be the next ones hunted down by the religious leaders because everyone knew that this group of people was with Jesus. And unlike today, as we gather, that Sunday morning was not full of praise, it was not full of hope, it was full of grief and fear. And so, as the scene begins, what I asked you to do and what I prayed that God would allow you to do is to take a walk on a Sunday morning. I want you to get up and walk alongside this group of women as they leave this secure location to go to the tomb of Jesus. With all of these thoughts and doubts and pain and grief and suffering in mind, imagine what they were experiencing as they mourned on their way to see their Messiah in the grave for the very last time. If you've got scriptures with you this morning, open to Luke 24. If you don't, that's just fine. There's Bibles in some of the chairs around you. They're kind of scattered about. Feel free to use your phone, your tablet, whatever. doesn't matter to me at all. Chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, is where we'll be this morning. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Imagine the quiet as they walked crying as they walked when they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they entered they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus so you've arrived you're in mourning you're sad you come to do your last thing here all you're doing is you got the courage to build you built up the courage to go out and honor this man and properly bury him remember all of the emotions that are being experienced these are human beings like you and I And they arrive at the tomb only to find it open and empty. The questions begin, who could have done such a thing? Who would have stolen a dead body from its resting place? All we've done is come to pay our last tributes, to do what was right for this man, Jesus, to pay respect to him. And now even that has been taken away from them. It seems to be getting worse. Verse 4, while they were wondering about all of this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. Then the ladies remembered his words. Don't remove yourself from the scene. Stay in the emotion of the moment. You've traveled to the tomb. You see the grave empty. You're mourning all that has taken place, and then all of a sudden you were scared out of your mind. Why are you scared? Well, let's start with this. First, you're on edge. Why are you on edge? Well, because the man you've been following was just murdered, and now you're afraid they're going to come after you. That's one reason to be scared. Here's number two, for those of you a little more practical. You're in a graveyard. You're either inside a tomb or outside of a tomb that a dead body was once in very recently, and now he's gone, and something just appears out of nowhere. That would scare you. I don't care who you are. You would be scared in that moment. The angels, they show up. Now, we Christians in modern-day America, we love to think of angels as these cute little babies wearing diapers, or or we think of these long-haired, smooth-talking, very muscular men with large white wings, neither of which are very frightening. Yet every single time that an angel shows up in Scripture, the person that they show up with is scared to death. I think that should tell us something about angels. I don't know. These women immediately fall to the ground before the angels, and they receive the most amazing yet impossible news. Jesus is not here. Oh, thank you, angel. We knew that. Oh, part B, um, he's alive. What did you say again? He's alive. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden the angels they remind them of those times where jesus had said oh by the way This is going to happen to me We actually covered those a few weeks ago in service all the times that jesus told his disciples And these ladies were traveling with the group of what was going to happen to him when they got to jerusalem He had told them this very information, but they did not understand Now those words come rushing back into their mind and they are hopeful words But they're still impossible Right? It says in verse 9, then, they came back from the tomb. They told these things to the eleven and all the others. There was a group of people that had gathered. Verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But the apostles did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened I ask, are you still with that group of women? Are you still with that group traveling back from the tomb? What do you suppose they were talking about as they were rushing back to the locked room where the disciples were? Were they walking slowly? (laughs) No. Were they amazed? Yes. Confused? Absolutely. Excited? Sure. Full of joy? Yes. Anxious? Completely. To share this with the disciples, then they get there, and they share this incredible news with the disciples, and no one believes them. I don't blame them for not believing them. Can you imagine? Why should they? This is completely unbelievable. And I highly doubt that Mary Magdalene came in and said, hey, guys, um, I got something to tell you. here I'll uh hmm no I'm just gonna have to do that we'll just see just go with that who knows what happened (laughs) so Mary Magdalene walks in and she goes up to Peter and John and says hey guys we went to the tomb you know and and we got there and things were a little weird and so we can I'm sure that's how the conversation went right no, it was a hysterical woman coming with this incredible news. And everybody's like, what is she even saying? What, he's what? Huh? No way. There's no way that could happen. She's excited. She's talking fast. She's hysterical in her delivery because what they're saying is impossible. But scriptures record that two of them actually, not just Peter. We don't know why Peter just record, or Luke just records that Peter went because we know in John's gospel that he went along with him to the tomb. They get there and they see the same thing. And they left to wonder to themselves if what the woman said was true. Now, Luke doesn't record this next moment, but the other three Gospels do. So I've got to share it because it's at this moment that Jesus first reveals himself to Mary Magdalene. This is the first person to physically see Jesus after the resurrection, but she's certainly not the last. She and the disciples have now gathered back in that upper room. She's telling them that she actually spoke with her Messiah. Are you back in that room? Are you trying to make sense of everything because you haven't maybe seen him yet yourself? Imagine the emotion in the room, everything that has changed. That morning, everyone was mourning. They were sad, hopeless, depressed, having no idea what was going on. And now that group that was once homeless, was once so sad, is completely full of joy and wondering what might happen if this is actually true. But as Luke recorded for us, the 11 aren't the only ones there. There's a great number of people that have gathered in this upper room. And it appears that after Peter and John came back, that some of those guys left before Mary Magdalene arrived to say she'd seen the physical Jesus. Remember, Jesus had a lot of other disciples that were in town for the Passover. They were just as devastated and they were gathered together to mourn his death and so we get to take a second walk. Luke records another conversation that happens along as a walkway back to their hometown. It begins in verse 13. It says, Now the same day, two of them were going to a village. Now these were two of the disciples, not Peter, James, and John, and that crew, two of the other followers of Jesus, they left that upper room. They were returning back to their home in a village called Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they're walking, they're talking with each other about everything that happened, verse 15. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing. Can't you just see these two guys, they're walking and talking, and out of nowhere appears Jesus just strolling along with them. And literally, he says, and I quote, what you talking about? (laughs) Now, you've got to understand, they were kept from recognizing him. How is that possible? How is it possible that this man they followed for three years, they don't even recognize? I I want you to imagine being on that walk. You're those two men, you're talking. If a man that you know for a fact is dead came up behind you and started asking you questions, your first thought would be, (laughs) now, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> There's no way that could be him, right? Right? You knew he had been beaten beyond recognition. You knew he was hung on a cross and put in a tomb. And so as you return home, the last thing that could ever possibly happen or that you would ever expect or even dream of happening would be that man to join you on your trip home verse 17 and then he jesus asked so what are you discussing what are you talking about they stopped they looked at jesus who they did not recognize and one of them named cleopas asked him a very insightful question are you the only one in jerusalem that doesn't know about the things that have happened in these days they're asking the man that happened to kind of ironic but a good question about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, a powerful in word and deed before God and all other people. The chief priests and rulers handed, over, handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb this morning, but they did not find the body. They came and they told us what they had seen Visions of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Could you imagine being Jesus in this conversation? Oh, interesting. that's, That's interesting. Good story. Good story. You missed just a few details, though. Let me fill you in. He says to them, now, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe what the prophets have spoken did. Not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it's nearly evening and this day is almost over. So he went. To stay with them. And when he was at the table, he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Immediately, it says, he disappeared from their sight, and they asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he was talking with us on the road when he opened the scriptures to us? See, there's something special about the word becoming flesh, and then the word reciting the word back to you. There's something very special about that moment. And so this is the second question for you this morning. As we are reading this account, do our hearts burn within us? As we gather to celebrate the exact same reality that these men were confronted with, are our eyes opened in the same way theirs were? Maybe for the very first time. Maybe today is the day that Jesus makes this real, makes it personal for you. Maybe for you, it's the first time you've been moved in a long time and the spirit of God will use this moment to propel you into the rest of this lifetime and eternity through the power of this gospel message. For these men, it inspired them, literally, to take off running. They ran seven miles back to Jerusalem. There's no way they walked. They went as fast as they could because they had news that they didn't know anybody else had. They didn't know Mary had seen Jesus and met with him just yet. It says, they got up in verse 33 and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together saying, it is true. The Lord has risen. He's appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And as they were talking, their story was immediately confirmed. No one had to ask any questions because Jesus himself stood among them as they were talking. Talking. peace be with you they were startled frightened thinking they had saw a ghost he said to them why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your mind look at my hands look at my feet it is I myself touch and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as I see, as you see I have when he had said this he showed them his hands and his feet and while they still didn't believe it beginning. It's it's unbelievable. So they still don't believe what is happening. Because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took and ate In their presence, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead. And on the third day, Arise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem and going on into Brazil, Indiana at Berea Christian Church. We could put that in there. It wouldn't be inappropriate. You are witnesses of this, of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And as he is talking, you can see those 11 particularly and their faces just drop, their mouths drop wide open going, oh, I get it now. You said, you got, oh, why didn't you just, oh wait, you did. What now I see. You see, none of this was a surprise. Jesus actually doesn't surprise us very often. The surprises that we receive from Jesus are actually all recorded in Scripture. He tells us he will do these things and act in these ways in Scripture. And when we know those things and we apply those, instead of being surprised by them, we anticipate them and we go, ha, that's Jesus. That's what finally happened with this group of people. Now... They can point back to all of those times where Jesus had shared these truths with them. And by doing that, every other thing he ever told them, they can now go, oh, that's going to happen too, because this is impossible. And those things seem like, well, maybe that could happen. All of the pieces of the puzzle now fit This group of men now know for certain. In the light of his resurrection, their eyes were now open to fully understand and see Jesus as their Savior, as their Messiah, and as the Son of God. What a revelation that was. I again want to challenge you to be in that room when Jesus literally physically shows up. Imagine you are hearing these truths for the first time. In reality, maybe someone here is hearing these truths for the very first time. If this were you, how would you react to everything that has happened? Sit for a moment and think, what would I do if I was confronted face-to-face with this truth? Is there any way you could experience all of these things and not be moved? not be changed, not be inspired, not live the rest of your life trying to share what you know for sure had happened and share the truth of your Jesus with everyone that you knew. That is what they were confronted with on that day, and that's exactly what we're confronted with today. As we close the text out, I have to share with you, for Luke, this wasn't the end of the story. Luke goes on to write a whole nother book in the Bible called Acts, and it's a historical account of all of the beginnings of the church. And as the church spread, the word of Jesus spread across the whole known world at the time. It's an incredible book that I'm sure we'll study together as a church at some point. But Luke closes out this gospel with these final words, and then he adds to it at the beginning of Acts, After all of these events in the upper room, after several more appearances by Jesus to the disciples and literally hundreds of other people, Luke shares this in verse 50. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he left them and was taken into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. After all they had seen, After all they had heard, after all they'd witnessed the execution of Jesus, then walking, talking, even eating with Jesus after the resurrection, these 11 men, as well as as several women and other close followers, they set about the business of spreading the news that God had in fact come to this earth in the form of a man in order to restore our broken relationship with him so that we have the opportunity to spend eternity with him forever. And here we are, 2,000 plus years later, and this truth remains. And it is still being shared all over this incredible world that God has given us. Billions, literally billions of people are gathered together on this day to remember Jesus's victory over sin and death. And I will be honest in this world and that we live in, this might be the only truth left. You might think, like the men on the road to Emmaus, that the last thing Jesus would ever want to do is take a walk along your side. All I can tell you is there's nothing, and I mean nothing, further from the truth. He longs to be with you right now. He died so that he could give a piece of himself to you. It's called the Holy Spirit. We would love to explain more about that to you. And just as the eyes of those men were suddenly open to who was sharing that meal with them, our prayer today is that the words recorded by Luke will open your eyes to the truth of Jesus and the reality that he came to this earth and lived a perfect, sinless life so that he could offer that life up for you, we pray that you will allow your heart maybe for the first time to ever be open to that sacrifice that he made for you. Because this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning for you. This is the only beginning for us as the body of Christ. We don't know what's ahead. He does. And I want to be on his side. He knows where he's sending us. He knows what he wants us to do as a church, as an individual within this community. And we want you to be a part of that. Next week, we're going to go back and and continue the book of Luke, our study of the book of Luke and the teachings found therein. And as we look at the things that Jesus really actually said and what they really mean and how they should impact our lives today, there's nothing more beautiful than the words of Jesus. And we get to share them together. We long for you to join us for that study together so we can apply those words truly in our life. Again, as I said at the beginning, I don't know why you're here, but I know how you got here. God himself brought you here this morning, and there is a reason for that. And I don't know what that reason is, but he does. And my guess is, as this service has begun to unfold, you are beginning to get a sense of why God brought you here to this place on this day as well. What we ask is that you simply respond however you feel comfortable to that moving of the Spirit of God within you as He reveals the reason He brought you here today. If you do not know the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ for yourself you have never made that decision don't hesitate resurrection sunday this is the reason he died was to bring you a new life and he would love to give that to you today don't hesitate you don't have to do it in front of everyone we'll meet you right over there in that prayer room to talk about it but he desperately wants you if you've never made that decision if you've been away for a long time then maybe today is the day that he moved you back closer to him Don't miss this moment. Rededicate your life today to his calling upon it. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. And as I said, as you leave today, there'll be people waiting with those red lanyards on just just to pray over you and your family. You don't have to share a thing. They would just love to pray for you. Would you let them? Father God, I still can't believe (laughs) what you did for me. And, And I can only speak on behalf of myself but Father, it means more than the world to me. It's it's through that that you've given me the ability now to see everything else, the family that I have, the community that I'm a part of, the church that I get to serve at. I, I get to view all of that through the sacrifice that you made. I'm not worthy of a bit of it. I fall short every day. And yet you still bless me Father, I know that you feel the same way about every person in this room, every person watching this online today and tomorrow and well into the future, however long the internet lasts. Father, you came to this earth to offer your life and you came back to life three days later so that people could come to know you. Father, we live in a hopeless world. A world apart from you is completely hopeless and set for destruction, but Father, a world in you is full of hope. It is full of joy. It is full of peace. It gives us freedom to live these incredible lives in this incredible earth that you've given us. Father, give us the strength and courage to share this hope with every single person we have. And when we go to work tomorrow and and they ask us about our weekend, Father, may the only thing that we speak of be you and the encounter that we had with you this morning and share that hope with those around us. Father, everyone's searching for truth, but they're not looking for you. <laughs> and it is only in you that they will find the truth, and that truth alone will be what sets them free. <laughs> Don't let us miss this moment. We thank you for the resurrection of your son.